come on. Leave some talent for everybody else, Joaquin. <laughs> no shit. And I love Joaquin Phoenix. I just think there was a phase where I'm like, oh, God, is he okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. Helps you keep up with all of our episodes, and it helps us grow the podcast, which we appreciate and love. Also, tell a friend about us. Tell a family member about us. Tell a rock star singer, up-and-coming singer, or, yeah, uh, yeah, I won't go there. I was going to say something probably very inappropriate and insensitive, so I'll stop. <laughs> but yeah, you know, tell your local rock star about us. We would appreciate it. Uh, country music star, whatever you want to say. With that, uh, yeah, we're here in week two of our biopic, biopic week or month of November. Um, jam-packed with some pretty heavy hitters in these movies. Um, and we're hitting you today with Walk the Line. It was released November 18th, 2005. It was written by Johnny Cash, Gil Gil Dennis, and James Mangold. It was directed by James Mangold. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Goodwin, Robert Patrick, Dallas Roberts, Dan John Miller, Larry Bagby, Shelby Lynn, Tyler Hilton, and Waylon Payne. A chronicle of country music legend Johnny Cash's life from his early days on an Arkansas cotton farm to his rise to fame with Sun Records in Memphis, where he recorded alongside Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins. Um, Man, this one, uh, this one's my pick. And I think this one's my pick because, well, it's not, I think it's, this is my pick. Like when I think about biopics, like this was the one. I was never a huge fan of biopics when I was younger. And when a lot of these, like we just did catch me if you can. And like the fact that it was based on a true story when I was younger, those bothered me. Like I was like, I, you know, cause how much are they making up? How much is not true? But this one caught me because it was like this conflagration of all these different things that I love. So I don't love biopics, but I love Joaquin Phoenix back then. I loved Reese Witherspoon back then. I love Johnny Cash, like still to this day. Like I'll, you want to put on some Johnny Cash? I'm in. So like all of these things came together for me to go, okay, I'm very interested in in this movie. And I remember seeing it in the theater going, holy shit. So I was like, I have to, we have to watch this. I got to put it on the list. And thankfully Charles picked it. So appreciate it. Cholula water. Yeah. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, this one, uh, this movie to me, like is the first time that I watched a biopic and went, Ooh, this is very interesting. Cause I didn't know a lot about Johnny cash. I just knew that I love his music because it's different. His voice is so intriguing and so, so different than a lot of other things out there. So I'm glad we did this one. It was fun. So you get your revenge, although it's nothing new. I never seen this before. Oh, wow. And so. I kind of, I'm st- I, I'm still young, <laughs> so I kind of, <laughs> so I kind of avoid a lot of biopics mm. if I know about the person beforehand. Gotcha. So like, catch me if you can. We just did that last week. 
the first time I was introduced to Frank Abagnale was through Catch Me If You Can movie. Then mm-hmm. I went to go research after. Yeah. No, we're doing Walk the Line now. I, I'm a big fan of Johnny Cash, right? Boy Named Sue is one of the greatest oh. songs ever written. Yes, sir. And so watching a movie about Johnny Cash after I had this kind of like image of him mm. scares me. Sure. Because I and we'll see it again when we do a later one uh, with one of uh, our later films that we're doing this month. But no spoilers for that one. But, <laughs> you know, this is someone that, you know, I knew who Johnny Cash was. My dad had Johnny Cash going all the time growing up. Mm-hmm, Ring of Fire, mm-hmm. Boy Named Sue, Walk the Line, everything. Yep. Um. So I was nervous and apprehensive because it's like not not necessarily a hero right but you have this mental image build them up type of a thing and you know a biopic's gonna go ahead and ruin all that shit absolutely so i was apprehensive about watching it and even joaquin phoenix i mean the guy is amazing oh yeah i'm surprised he has didn't win an oscar for this i'm surprised it took all the way up to fucking joker for him to win one mm-hmm. but i was apprehensive again because same thing like you know this is a guy who's playing legend yeah. is he gonna pull it off and oh my gosh did he pull it off Oh, yeah. And I didn't know this. I had to look it up after the fact. The dude was doing the singing in a lot of it, or not, if not all of it. That's what King Phoenix said. Yeah. And it sounds like Johnny Cash. Yep. Like, it was amazing. I was shocked. Yeah. But this was uh, an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, yeah, I was amazed the entire yeah. time watching it. Yeah, and I think that was, like, one of my biggest fears when this movie came, because I'm with you, too, like, Johnny Cash has always been, but I didn't know much about him, but I knew like, I'm, I'm always, I'm with you. I'm always worried about, oh, are they going to ruin my, cause I don't want to know if he was an asshole, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to know that he was a yeah, dick. I don't want to know if he was a dick. <laughs> yeah. That he was uh, like, you know, enough that he's had like drug addict shit and that he was an alcoholic. Like, you know, that stuff, but you're like, I don't need to watch it. I just yeah, want to listen. I don't want to ruin it. For yeah. 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 So it was, yeah, it was just crazy. And then, but what blew me away was when watching it, and to your point, when he starts the first time you see Joaquin Phoenix, because we're or, or hear him rather, because you see him up front when he's sitting in Folsom mm-hmm. in the wood shop and he's just sitting, but he doesn't talk except he says, like, he just kind of looks at the guy. But then when it comes back around, you and then you go to his childhood when it comes back around, and he's at home and he's getting ready to leave for the Navy, like. Or the air, which is Navy, Air right? Force. Yeah, Air Force, Air Force. Sorry, yeah, Air Force. So he, in that moment when he first talks, I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck? Because I'm used to like Gladiator Joaquin Phoenix, where yeah. he's like kind of a whiny little bitch, and I'm like, geez. But then he talks, and I'm like, oh my god, he sounds just like him. And then he starts singing, and I'm like, oh my god, how did he pull that off? And then to take it one step further, you have Reese Witherspoon, who also sang all of her parts in this. And if you play her and June Carter side by, you fucking wouldn't know. Yeah. Like her talking is a little more like you can tell because June Carter had a little higher pitch voice than Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon was able to pull off in speaking because she was always so in character. But as a singer like holy shit dude like every time i listen i'm like did they dub her because she sound but they didn't they just worked that well to sound like those characters and then the mannerisms the other piece that got me with joaquin phoenix is like the mannerisms. so like the lifting of the guitar the pointing it like a rifle like yeah all of those 
when he's on stage, Johnny Cash was a different human being than when he wasn't. Like, and Joaquin Phoenix pulls that off to the point that I'm with you. It absolutely flabbergasted me that he did not win the Oscar for it. Like, I it did not make sense to me that he didn't. Yeah, because... It- it's a hard thing to emulate. Like you were saying with the whole pulling up the guitar, like Johnny cash was more of a sing speaker, right? Like he, he was talking and telling a story while singing and it was instrument of storytelling was his guitar. Yeah. And to throw that in there, like while you're trying to act to be able to do all the weird kind of crazy quirky things that Johnny cash was able to do. uh, Come on. Leave some talent for everybody else, Joaquin. <laughs> no shit. And I love Joaquin Phoenix. I just think there was a phase where I'm like, oh, God, is he okay? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he does go through a phase where you're like, um. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. This is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing, or like one of my favorite scenes, right, was when they're, I can't remember exactly what's, but when there was Sam Phillips. Right. Who's who's mm. the actor who plays Sam Phillips? Dawson. Da, 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 da. Uh, Dallas Roberts. Dallas Roberts. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Like that was an amazing scene where he's pretty much like, uh, yeah, gospel's out. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I can't sell it. I can't market this. Um, and then there's you have this kind of really cool interaction where Johnny Cash like, what are you saying? I don't believe in God. He's yeah. like, no, you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. Like that's that's the problem. You don't believe in yourself. And then you have this really cool moment where he's like, hey, I'd actually wrote something in the Air Force. Okay. Wow me. Yeah. And then it's the you know, it's a great song about Folsom. Oh prison. And I was like, oh dude, that is cool. And yeah. I, I really hope that interaction, because Johnny Cash was, you know, someone who wrote it. Like, I hope that's what actually happened to where yeah. Sam Phillips essentially said, Hey, dude, you suck. Yeah. Like but I think you can be good, but you don't think you can be good. Yeah. And that's a lot of times what people need to hear. And I think yeah. that's where we kind of moved away from stuff. And, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But no, dude, if you want to be good, you you have to have someone tell you that you suck. Yep. Well, and it, like to go even a step further with what you're saying, this was a time in music where music was changing. And we're kind of in a I, I don't mm, let me rephrase this because I don't want to fucking try to compare what we're going through now to what they were doing in music back then, because, and I think we've talked about this. Like I have such a disdain for most music today. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I do is because of what we're seeing, what we see there with Johnny cash, Johnny cash and his band were playing gospel music because that's what they grew up with. That's what was popular and famous and what would drive you to be successful as a, as a music artist, especially a country artist back then. So everybody, and this is true for most forms of art, you have someone that creates it or or innovates something and then people bite it, right? They go, okay, yeah. well, I want in on that. I can do that. And then they mimic it or they recreate it or they do their own version of it. And they use that to build their own fame, which I get, you know, you do what you got to do. And if it works and we figure it out and we let people get away with it, we do it. But we see this shift from because at the same time, and we see it in this movie is Johnny Cash. We have Jerry Lee Lewis. We have Elvis Presley. We have all these people that are reinventing rock music and what music was back then shifting from the the, 
you know, 40s and 50s, like Hank Williams. Yeah. <laughs> everything's shifting to this more upbeat, darker lyrically, or, you know what I mean? Things like that. And Johnny Cash was right at the forefront of this, especially like the heavy lyric stuff where you're talking about real life shift. And it's not just talking about falling in love and Jesus and all that stuff that was going on back then. So I love that. And then you see a lot of people try to recreate what Johnny Cash does moving forward from there. And the same with Elvis and Jay Lee Lewis, even though that all of them had their moments of being real pieces of shit, but they reinvented and they really moved music forward for a lot of decades until again, probably in the seventies and eighties, we start to see another shift to a different kind. And then the nineties grunge or whatever, but we haven't had one of these musical renaissances in a while. In my opinion, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't agree with that, especially younger generation, but like we hit the late nineties and I'm like, I don't know that we've had a shift in music. Like we had in previous decades since the early nineties. Yeah. Not really because it's become so broad. Yeah. And everybody does exactly what's working in the moment. Right. Like, you know, you have, uh, you have Taylor Swift who came up as country artist. Yeah. That's what Taylor Swift did. And then she grew into pop and everything like that. Now she's probably the biggest you know, after her eras tour nonsense that went out, a huge star. Sure. Right. But it's not like she was at the forefront of this change, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, country music sells because you look like a country girl. And it was, hey, you're dropping on records. We're going to move you into pop. Yep. Um, we're going to change your image almost. So it was kind of like, it's kind of like changing the artists to fit what's going to work instead of the artists changing the music for them. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's fun to watch in this movie, that shift oh. and that change. And then and then to your point, that scene specifically where it's like you, you're not going to get away with doing what everybody else has done up to this point. You're, and then in that moment, watching Cash go, and I'm with you, I hope that there was some level of realism to that scene because, and the fact that Johnny Cash was so involved in this movie makes me feel like there's some level of accuracy to those some of these scenes that you're like man i hope it was real because that moment is such a powerful shift from i just want to have a band that works so we're going to play what we know has worked before to you can't do that shit anymore be yourself figure it out and then to watch him go oh this shit's working you know what i mean the other piece that i love about this too that when it comes to johnny cash is i always looked at johnny cash as this sad or intense or i love the moments where things are working and he's talking to like his wife and he gets all excited man and he starts joking and he's funny and he's and the the interactions with june really are a lot too because like he has these moments where you just see him be really funny and really lighthearted, and that's just not the character that he portrayed as a singer so i've always been very intrigued especially when he was alive, like watching old interviews with him, like you can see there's a little twinkle in that dude's eye when he wasn't shit ripped or high, you know, in his younger interviews, but like as he was older and he'd gotten sober and he'd gotten, you know, he'd settled down with June and like, you can see that there was some humor in that dude, even though he lived a very tough life. Mm -hmm. But that was the kind of thing that's also, he kept it close to the chest, right? Yeah. Like, he kept this humor side of him close to the chest. He was the kind of broody, you know, suffering, starving artist type of on the outside. But, you know, when things were going right, you got to see that kind of come out. 
a little bit. Yep. Now that, that was kind of cool to see as well. And once again, props to Joaquin Phoenix for being able to pull it off. Yeah. Like I swear. Yeah. I, it's almost like I hate the guy, right? Yeah. But not really, because <laughs> why why are you like this? Why are you this good? Yeah. Well, and I've always like, yeah, he's just so good. But in, I think to me, and a lot of people would say the joke like Joker, but I didn't love Joker. I know that's a again, don't fucking at me, people, but like I just did just on a roll this last couple. I know. Of <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. I love, uh, fuck, why can't, Robert, why? Robert Pattinson? No, I want to call Bob, I want to call him Bob. The the guy that Ah. played Murray in Joker, why can't I, Jesus H. Christ. Uh, Anyway, you're going to see who it is and be like, what the fuck, JJ? You call yourself a movie podcaster? Um, Anyway, I love the actors in joker i just didn't love like i <laughs> i know right i told you robert de niro robert de niro and i here's what threw me off dude it's because like all of his co-stars call him bob and for some reason all i could fucking hear in my head was bob and then i'm like that's not his name <laughs> anyway. i have an excuse i haven't seen joker Fuck. oh yeah, yeah. i don't I've, yeah <laughs> It's weird. Oh, that was good. But, yeah, but but Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in Joker. I just don't like that it's Joker. Like if you would have just called this anything else and had it be about this guy, but that's that we that we should do that movie at some point. But Joaquin Phoenix is just an outrageous actor. To your point, like it's frustrating how much talent he has, and I think that's why I got mad during his like meltdown phase because I was mm-hmm. like, "Fuck, I feel bad for the dude because he's obviously going through some shit." And he had a hard childhood, like with River and everything else that happened with his family. And so, I mean, the guy's had a tough life, but so it's not me judging the fact that he had some, you know, issues and things that he had to step away from acting for. But like, man, he's so good. He's so good at what he does. And to me, this is peak Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I cannot take my eyes off of him when he's on the screen in this movie, which yeah. is crazy considering all the people that he's in this movie with like Reese Witherspoon is no hack. She can fucking act. She's great. And Jennifer Goodwin is no hack. Robert Patrick is one of the most underrated actors in my opinion of our generation. And he outshines them all in every scene that he's in the only one that really gives him a run for his money is Reese Witherspoon. When they're mm-hmm. acting together, holy shit. They couldn't have picked a better duo to play those two because, man, talk about one of your all-time great love stories that's really ugly and yeah. hard to, like, when you read, because the movie does a lot of justice to the story of the two of them. But when you read about all, like, the shit that it, they went through to get together and, like, the people they hurt to get together and like, it's not a pretty relationship, but once they were together, they were far better once they just were like, let's just figure this shit out. Right. Like, yeah. which they also portray very well in this movie in that moment where he's finally getting sober and she comes through and says, we're fucking done with this shit. Like we're locking you in this room. They run off the fucking dealer. You know what I mean? Like that's one of my favorite moments of this movie too, is like that, piece of as bad as june was for him up until that moment without her in that moment 
I don't know that Johnny Cash lives till he's 80 years old. You no, know what I mean? Sure. So it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's just as bad as that relationship probably was for most of their knowing each other, at least the early on when they were touring and things like that. I don't know that either of them would have ever been happy or in a good place without coming together. So it's just an interesting love story. And I've, I've read a lot about the two of them because again, I have, that's the one place with Johnny Cash that I, I don't know. I haven't read a lot about him, but I read a lot about their story. Cause my grandmother was obsessed with June Carter cash. Like I remember being a little child running around my grandma's house with the Carter family house, you know, songs yeah. playing in June. So I was always really interested by it. And she was always, my, my grandma did not like John Johnny cash because my my grandmother was this wholesome Mormon woman that like this guy stole this woman, like caused a bunch of problems for their family. Like so for her, she blamed all this shit on Johnny Cash, but she because she loved June Carter. So it was always really intriguing to me. But I love Johnny Cash's music. Like his voice is just you can hear him and go, Oh, that's fucking Johnny Cash. Yeah. You can't mistake him for anybody. Yeah. And I didn't realize one thing I didn't know that this movie pointed out to me is like that early on where his brother Jack dies and then like growing up like with his alcoholic father, who was obviously a product of the time and the situation. And, but I don't think I knew before this movie, like how difficult his childhood was. Yeah. And that pushed him into the, the air force and the military just to get away from everything. And that, his dad blamed him for Jack and like, it's just fucking what a mess. So that was, I found that interaction. And again, to, you know, the, the casting credit, fuck the Robert Patrick and him acting against each other was great to watch too. Just so much great acting in this movie. It blows me away. So, yeah. 100% agree. The other thing that I really liked is like, it takes the, it takes a different, spin i guess from the music that you know i grew up listening to and you get to see the roots of it mm. like johnny cash was really good at relating to whoever he was performing for or yeah. to you know kind of like the down on your luck type people uh but you wouldn't necessarily know that if you just listened to um his music and you sure. know at face value um and i think he did it better than pretty much anybody else like you could say maybe elvis but Elvis was more kind of the everyday, you know, individual. Johnny Cash was for the people who were down on their luck, right? You look at Folsom yeah. Prison Blues and like playing for a playing a concert in Folsom Prison Blues. And, you know, he's on the inmate side. Yeah. In this film, like 100 percent. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, this one's for your warden type of yeah. thing. And you could see how he relates to people who are down on their luck. And it probably comes from the fact that. He had a shitty life. Yeah. Um, but instead of taking this fame or, you know, his start of his fame and kind of saying, okay, fuck you all. Bye. You know, <laughs> I got my, I'm up in my ivory tower now. Um, he kind of stuck down on the nitty gritty. Um, and that's where a lot of his music kind of come from. So I really like that. And I like how they portrayed it. Yeah, I agree. And it has one of the greatest, like you think they forgot yeah. like that, that line to me, I'm like, get him. Like, because that to me, and exactly to your point, like, it takes someone that understands that when people are in a situation like that, they know exactly the situation that they're in. 
there's no going into a prison to do a concert and thinking that you're fucking changing their circumstance or their outlook of that circumstance. You're just providing them with entertainment and something yeah. that is different from their everyday grind. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden they think they're not in prison. You know what I mean? Or the fact that you're there is going to make the fact that they're in prison better. better. You're just making that day better. Right. Like, it, and, and so I love, like, to me, that was the moment that I'm like, Oh shit, get them. And I'm sure that's very true. Right. And if you've ever listened to one of the greatest, if my, in my opinion, if not the greatest live album ever, it's up there in the top five, top 10 minimum of being live from Folsom prison. Like, that album is outrageously good. And he says shit like you hear this one's for your warden. And you can just tell that those, I guarantee every warden, every guard in there is going this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. And it's even the, you know, kind of right at the beginning where he's talking. He's like, no, I haven't done any hard time like you guys, but I've been locked up a time or two type of a thing. So it's like, I know that you got, that I can't really relate to you guys on the same level, but I kind of understand what it's like, you know, and what this is all about. Yeah. And this is what this show is going to be. It's yeah. not going to be necessarily bright lights and, you know, all this kind of fluff, I guess it's sure. going to be, Hey, we're going to have some fun and yeah. we're going to have some fun at the expense of the ward and the guards and, you know, everybody yeah. else who's kind of keeping you down type of a thing yep well and that's i think one of the things that i love the most about johnny cash in general and watching like interviews as you in later in life and things like that and the guy just gets it of like being a human being and not just yeah. necessarily having a hard life or even if you had a great life you know what i mean but he just understands human nature and that not everything is sunshine and roses even though the guy had money he was successful, you know what I mean? And and successful in spite of addiction and in spite of his upbringing and in spite of all these things that were working against him and that he fell short of working through on his own, but he did finally get through him with help, which is great. But he never, like, he was never one, if you watch him, like, he was never one that let fame. There were moments with, with Elvis, especially when he was in the movies and things like that, where you're like, okay, this guy's famous, and you can yeah. see that he's famous and he's living that life and good for him. You know, good for anybody that's famous. You live that life. Good on you. You've earned it. You've made your way there. I know it's not, you don't just overnight become successful in the entertainment industry. Typically it's a lot of work and a lot of shitty other jobs and working. So there's a lot to that. However, Johnny cash is always one that no matter how much money he made, how much success he had, you never looked at him and went, here's this big fucking star, yeah. right? This wealthy, like he was just always so grounded and down to earth, at least in my experience, watching him and listening to him and reading interviews, things like that. Like it never got to his head. And I think that again, comes from where he came from and the shit that he had been through. And I'm sure there were moments where he's like, I'm fucking famous, right? Like, cause I'm sure he had moments with his wife where he's like, you know what? At least his first wife where he's like, fuck off. I gave you all this shit, right? Yeah. He, you see that, but at the same time, like on, you don't have these moments where you're like, Oh, Johnny Cash was a dick. Cause he was famous. Johnny Cash was a dick. Cause he was a dick. Yeah. And Fame didn't matter. Yeah. He was going to be an <laughs> asshole across the board, 
whether he, he just was a rich asshole instead of, <laughs> you know, or a well-known dick instead of just this guy that was an asshole, no matter what. So I find it very intriguing. And it's one of the things that I like a lot about Johnny Cash, along with the fact that he writes great music. Hurt, and later in life, like the song Hurt is one of my, oh my God, it's so good. And I like his version better than the original, obviously. Like Nine Inch Nails, I love Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor's a genius. But listening to that song with Johnny Cash's voice and that just acoustic, oh, my God, it's so good. The guy can just, oh, he can transform music with that voice yeah. and the emotion that he puts in his voice, like in his tone and in the songs. I think that's what I, and I. one of the things going back to, we keep talking about Walking Phoenix, but like that's not an easy thing to replicate is the emotion that Johnny Cash, because even when he's singing like, any song like his upbeat shit like they gave him a lot of hard time and we hear you know even june go man you guys play fast he's like we'd play faster if we could <clears throat> but like there's always a lot of emotion and the way that he portrays that through his voice and his actions like to recreate that is insane it's ridiculous does yeah yeah i mean it, it is what joaquin phoenix did should not have been able to be done yeah like it shouldn't have happened no uh, I think we're lucky that Joaquin Phoenix happened to be around at the time that they're making this biopic because <laughs> yeah. nobody else is doing it. No. Not at this time, not no. any time, I don't think. Yeah. It is a it is a very, you know, hard voice to recreate. And then you're talking about the emotion thrown in there. Yeah. And then the style of scene and everything. It sounds like Johnny Cash. Joaquin Phoenix sounds like Johnny Cash, and that is phenomenal. Yep. Because in 60 years, nobody else has sounded like Johnny Cash. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Well, and to go even a step further, a lot of actors have tried to recreate what he's done. Not with Johnny Cash, but like we just had the Elvis. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, the dude that did Elvis, that he was amazing. But you can still well, tell he's somebody Elvis. playing Elvis. Yeah. And we had like what was the, the Elton one with John? Elton yeah. John, Taron Egerton, Egerton. Yeah, Taron Egerton. And I think the only one that came close, I will give. But he didn't sing was the one with Queen. Ah, yes. Uh, he did great playing the part, but he didn't sing. Because, I mean. You can't. I mean, they they knew. Mercury, they like, knew it wasn't going to happen. Let, let's not go there, right? Because, again, it's another. But that's another testament to. And, again, I think Johnny Cash's voice, that lower register is easier. Easy, quote. I'm air quoting if you're listening to us yeah. easier because it's not. But the other one, like he he was close, I think, to catching. But again, he didn't sing. The other one that was like a lot of people talk about with uh, recreating. So it was Jamie Foxx doing. Uh, oh, God. The blind guy. The piano. Ray. Oh, Ray. When he did, Ray. And that's the name of the movie is Ray. But I can't think of his last name um anyway Rick stevenson no that's an actor from star wars oh, <laughs> and yeah. other things that's the guy we just watched in ahsoka it's uh, bug me. yeah ray, ray lewis that's football yeah ray lewis stevie and, wonder right no no he is blind too ray wow my god you can at me for this one call me a piece of shit because i should remember this dude's name ray oh my god ray charles ray charles fuck 
Sorry, Charles. <laughs> That's an epic fail because we have uh, too much fuck. time off. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, Ray Charles. Jamie Foxx is probably the closest to me in Ray Charles because he sang and he sounds just like Ray Charles. The difference is, is I don't, for me personally, like if you were to put the performances on par, they're probably very similar. But I don't have the same buy-in for Ray Charles as I do for Johnny Cash, which is so that's a me problem. But that's the only other one that I can think of when it comes to these biopics and biopic, whatever you want to call them, that that he comes close to what I think Joaquin Phoenix did with this movie. Um. Okay, so I have to pitch about one thing. Okay, is as much as I love this movie, and I've watched it a few times, and I'm willing to watch it almost anytime, anywhere. It is a little long. I can the crazy piece about it is it does a great job of skipping time. It's just there's this section in the middle that I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch another concert. Okay, I don't need to watch another fight between him and either Liv or him and June. Like, I've seen it. You've established this pattern. Yeah, I I don't need to see it another six times. So that's my only I think you could have edited out a couple of scenes in the middle. That would have moved this movie along a little bit more. The beginning, the end are some of the greatest movie. I love watching them in the middle. It's a little rough. It does drag a little bit for me because it is a lot. It's long. But that's my only bitch. Like, so I'm nitpicking at this point. But I didn't want to let that fact go that it, there are moments where it drags because we see the same things over and over, which are important for his life, not necessarily for the movie because you established the pattern. So, yeah, I, I'd agree. And it seems almost like that seems to be a regular problem with biopics. Yes. Is that they have this great intro, great outro, but in the middle, it drags a little bit and. You know, especially with this one, the one we did last time, last week, Catch Me If You Can, you have this section in the middle that you can cut out to make it better as a movie. Yeah. Um, but you run into the issue of, you know, a little bit. I say it's an issue. It's not really an issue. But the people who are the movies being made about are involved in the writing process. Mm-hmm. And so they want to kind of they're like, hey, this has to be in there type of a thing. Yeah. And so you have that kind of contrast with what's coming up for us the next couple of weeks, we don't really see that. Yeah. And the people who were involved in those weren't around when they were. Yeah. Playing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and to your point, like I get it. Like every, the people making the movie, like, well, that's a big swing point in their life or this is what defined them. And I'm like, sure, but it doesn't translate to the screen. And yeah. that's the part that you have to pay. I think the people that are making some of these biopics and it's, I'm with you. It's true in most of them. There's things that I'm like, I get why this is here from a story perspective and from a background perspective and an impact perspective in their life. But from a movie watching perspective, this doesn't change anything. And so for me, it's like an edit yourself, like edit Mm -hmm. for movies. I love the way that you said that for a movie, not for the story. I'll go. If you do a good enough job in this movie, I'm going to go research Research it. Yeah. And I'm going to find out more about that moment in their life in a way that's impactful 
Whereas now you, to me, you've created it almost to be a detriment because I'm like, man, that's a rough part of their life. And I can't believe that that actually happened to them. But I already knew that because we've watched this six times already. So I, I think if I had a criticism, that would be it. But it's such a small criticism because oh, I get over it really quickly with this movie, especially like when we come back finally to the the fulsome piece and you know we see we've come first full circle with johnny getting clean and he's moving on to understanding who he is now and who his fan base and how he can make an impact i'm able to forget really quickly that i've watched a lot of shit that i just don't care as much about or is not as impactful as a movie because it's so good at the end when they you're like yeah it's johnny yeah so i like it you want to rate it? Let's do it. Okay, I'll go first. It's my movie. Um, man, this one's so hard for me because I want to give it a five, but I don't know if it's there because of that middle section. My biases are what making me want to give it a five because I can forgive the little bit of stuff in there that I'm like, eh, doesn't need to be there. So I'm going to give it a four and a half with the caveat that for me, this is a five. I just don't think from a podcast perspective i can fairly give it a five and feel comfortable with it because i do have some issues that those that aren't fully in love with johnny cash and june carter cash and their story and that whole element of what's going on and like the acting like i i don't think i can look at someone say you're gonna think this is the greatest movie ever made whereas for me i'm like this is fully entertaining at all times so i'm gonna give it a four and a half for perspective of the podcast so first time i put a caveat like that on a movie but i have to for this one because like i said i'll watch this movie anytime anywhere because the acting is so good the story's so good the content is so good and i think johnny cash is a person and and as a and even june cash june carter cash is they were so intriguing as human beings and as famous people and so different than most famous musicians and and, or anything that you see it's very fun to watch their story and it's very interesting to see how they became who they were and at the end i mean look they passed away very close to each other like these were people that once they were together there was nothing gonna stop what was going on and we see that in this movie how they got there so i love that about this movie um yeah it's great the acting is unparalleled like kudos to Joaquin Phoenix again yeah. for just recreating Johnny Cash on the screen to the level that I don't think other than Johnny Cash himself could have anyone could have done so and the same for Reese Witherspoon those two really stand out in this movie kudos to her for winning the the Oscar for it I think as much as I love Philip Seymour Hoffman and another movie that I almost put on this list for Capote won the Oscar that year I don't think I think it could have gone to Joaquin Phoenix and I it would have just been as deserved as yeah that the the Capote win in it for yeah Philip Seymour Hoffman so there it is four and a half for me definitely will watch this movie again yeah so I'm gonna be right there with you four and a half I think for me that middle part hit a little bit harder because I came in with the expectation of almost like walls up right mm-hmm. hey Johnny, Johnny Cash, don't ruin Johnny Cash for me. Thing. <laughs> and Joaquin Phoenix, I was sold, right? Almost me, I was sold. Okay. And then, so now I'm in, right? And I'm all in. And then you kind of get pulled out in that middle section where it does have this repetitive kind of going around the place again. Uh, but it, 
and then it you know comes back and it hits you hard again mm-hmm. so four and a half for me i will watch it again i i don't i don't really enjoy biopics or biopics uh, i love this gonna be the new running joke which i know <laughs> that so much that it's like an everyday watch because this is something that especially this one that you have to like sit down and pay attention to yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I can throw on Johnny Cash music and go about my day and be completely fine. Mm-hmm. But I think it to kind of mimic what you were saying, like this story is really, really cool. And Johnny Cash as a person was a perfect person to do a biopic about. Yeah. 100 percent. So I will be watching again four and a half for me. Um, I don't think it, you know, blemishes the movie in any way. It is a phenomenal watch. Go watch it. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that this was a first time viewing. Yeah, me too. I love it. Two in two in two weeks for one of us. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Are there any more this month? Like without giving away what they are? Yeah, there's one more. Okay. I was going to say, because next week's one of the next ones I had seen, well, I'd seen both, but like, I was curious if one of them, if you had seen one it of them, not. I hadn't seen. And mm-hmm. for the same reason that I hadn't seen this one. Sure. <laughs> Sure. And I would probably have been in the same boat as you, except for Casey absolutely is obsessed. And so she's like, I have to. So mm-hmm. that's how I ended up watching because I hadn't until I met Casey. And then she was like, we're watching this. So anyway, I think that'll be week four of this okay. month, but we'll see. Because um, I think I'm trying to alternate your picks and mine. So anyway, everybody's like, fucking stop it. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully you're intrigued and you want to see which movies we're talking about. Um, and with that, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us if they want to know what else we've listened to and reviewed. Happy to, JJ. So November biopic month is getting uh, week two down with right. JJ's pick, Walk the Line. Uh, this movie surprised me. I'll be saying took a few turns that I wasn't expecting, but I really hated it and loved it at the same time. <laughs> it was great. Um, so huge thank you to our current patron, Cholula Water, for selecting this month's theme, Biopics, and uh, for the movies that are involved in said biopic theme. Uh, you, are, sir, are single-handedly keeping us in business. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, if you like the content and want to get involved in the selections process for future months like our biopic month, uh, Patreon is a place to do so, so check it out there. I can't remember what the other topics are coming up, but they're going to be pretty good, almost as good as biopics. Uh, with that, I will kick it back to Jack Dunn's baby, the Wasier of what? A JJ. That's right. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, lots coming. Big topics coming. Um, yeah, I'm getting ready to put those on. so we'll uh we'll have a full list of what's coming soon so looking forward to it um yeah what a fun movie to watch and talk about it's great i know maybe fun's the wrong word but what a great movie to talk and watch and talk about uh so with that as always we appreciate you tuning in we'll catch you on the next one hasta la vista baby cinematica